Good morning, Vernon. Good morning, Devin. So, did you see Ben Simmons listed his Center City condo for sale? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, he got a slam dunk offer, but ultimately decided to pass. <laughs> Listen, the, that is funny. <laughs> and I saw it online. I, you know. <laughs> Listen, the internet is undefeated, man. I've seen so many memes every morning. I think I actually just got one text to me. I mean, you know, my, you, you know, your Sixers thread, you know how I go. Yep. And, and, yep, I got one. Uh, I got one as Ben Simmons is Mr. Softy. You know, Mr. Softy? The ice cream. The ice cream man. They photoshopped his face in. There, and it's, it's Mr. Softy. It's so brutal. It's so brutal. Listen, I literally just opened that text because I got a text while we were starting to record. And I saw what group of feed it was, and I was like, oh, this is Ben Simmons. And I opened it up, and, uh, yeah, Mr. Ben Simmons, Mr. Salty. Oh, man, they got they, – like, the memes for Ben Simmons is crazy right now. Hilarious, Dude, though. It, I really – I want to see – like, there's a bunch of things that I want to see out of this whole situation. One of them is, like, does he get traded? How does What does that look like? Yeah. Because – my assumption is is the owners don't – I mean, I don't know anything, right? But my assumption is that the owners of other teams do not want him traded because you don't want people with four years on a guaranteed deal yeah. to be able to demand out. Yes. So my assumption is is that the league itself, all of them don't want to be traded. But the reality is, is Ben's a three-time All-Star. How many three-time All-Stars are not in the Hall of Fame in the NBA? Now we know the Hall of Fame in the NBA is like – yeah. Easy, right? It's the easiest of all the Hall of yeah. Fames. Yes, it is. But, I mean, still, it's the Hall of Fame. Like, mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of three-time All-Stars in the NBA that mm-hmm. didn't make the Hall of Fame. Like, I, I certainly can't name one off the top of my head. But No, this is, all, this, this is interesting because you got precedent. Precedent plays a huge part. The team that does trade for him, there will be a pretty – they will have to spend a pretty penny – if I'm the rest of the teams in the league because of the precedent that it sets is it's like, you got to make sure that everybody knows like the the offer is so good that the Sixers had to take it. Exactly. You like, if there needs to be pressure of, we cannot set this type of precedent. It has to be so far away. It can't be a, uh, a James Harden package. I mean, the James Harden package was good, but it was still no, like, can't, yeah, it was, like, I mean, it's a bunch of draft picks. It was can't a bunch be of that. Picks. Yeah, it has to, the Sixers cannot make this deal where it sets a precedent that I oh, was just going to give guys away with four years left in the deal. Yeah. So you can't, you can't, you can't do that. Like, nope. It just nope. changes the whole structure and com- and complexion of the league. So hey, we'll, where's we'll David? Where's David Stern when you need him? Because David Stern would veto any trade unless it set that precedent that all right, it can happen, but only if you trade away your entire draft classes for the next like decade. Right. I mean, you know, you know, you got to give up like half your team. You you better be ready to restart and rebuild with Ben Simmons. Yeah, well, and you see the Sixers, um, like, fans, right, because of the whole Colangelo kerfuffle that happened, right? So, you know, every all the Sixers fans are like, oh, the league's going to – like, I don't think the league's coming after you this time. The league, the league wants – Oh, they're on your side. To sit, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure. So, mm-hmm. 
if anything, the league is supporting the Sixers. And, you know, Maury, like Maury's like, yeah, okay. I don't, he's still, mm-hmm. this is how good he is. Yep. Yep. So I'm not yep. trading that for anything less than how good he is. And don't forget, he's, this is how good he is. But also, guess what? Four years, four years, the start of a new deal, that's also worth something. Because mm-hmm. he's locked yeah. in. He's locked Now, in. that's the other thing that's weird is like, if he demands his way out of Philadelphia, does he demand his way out of somewhere else next? Probably. Won't be our problem. Probably. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I just wonder, like, you know, like. Probably. Yeah, sure. Probably. Yeah. And then, I, you know, who, who yeah. knows? That's we'll, a Ben we'll Simmons see. problem. Dude, it is a strange situation. <laughs> it's a Ben Simmons It is the, one of the weirder things I've ever seen in sports, for sure. Uh, Yeah, easily. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Like. That like Barry Sanders retiring at his prime, that yeah, was weird. Yeah, like that was that was super weird because Ben's he was up like, there though. Ben's right there with him, in man. terms of like how weird it is. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I guess Mike deciding to go play baseball. That was weird. That's up that there was too. Super weird. Yeah. But no, this is right there. This is uh, Darrell Revis actually taking a full year off. Uh, oh, yeah. Just about. I yeah, about remember that. that? That was Set so out strange. Almost a full year. I think it was a full year, or it was like damn near. Um, but yeah, very strange. Awesome. Yeah, but you know what? Remember. He's a little like a step below that. Yeah. Because football, I mean? he has he had rights. He wasn't guaranteed contract. Football makes sense. Makes total sense in football. Basketball doesn't make sense at all. Baseball. I mean, does anyone hold out a bit? You go to arbitration, you got all that, but like, it doesn't yeah, make I mean, sense to hold out. And be, like, your money's guaranteed. The only reason you should be holding out, baseball. only reason you should be holding out is for your money. Nothing else. Your money. That's it. That's the well, only he, way you could feel okay with a guy. I can feel okay with a guy holding out. It's for money reasons. That's it. Yeah, well, I'm always on the team at a guy trying to get money. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. Like that's historically yes. like I'm like, me too. Pay him. Just pay him. Pay him. Me too. And they're like, but it's the cap. And I'm like, I don't I'm care. I don't care. <laughs> because if I was in that situation, I would pay be like, me my, what you my window me. is this big and I mm-hmm. want to get as much as I possibly yep. can in that yep. situation. And so that's I'm why like, this situation is as different. weird as it is. And like I, uh, when people are trying to push their way out at the end of a contract. I can respect that. I, pr- I can respect that. I'm always kind of like it's good for the team. You got one year left. Let me make this easy on you. Get something for me. I can respect that. Yeah, I I kind of like I, I kind of go both ways on it. I'm like, eh. but but also I'm like, you know, it's a deal. Like, who, who cares? Like, it's just not that hard. To Everybody gets to win. Everybody gets to win at the end of the deal. The team gets some pieces that they wouldn't have got. The player gets to get to their team earlier. It just makes more sense. If I was a GM. If I knew I wasn't going to have you back, I'd trade every damn body unless we were in a championship window. As soon as they tell you, like, hey, I'm going to go check out free agency. Yeah, you got to move. You got to trade them. Bye. Right. It's only right for your franchise. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're one of the great players and you got a chance to win a championship that year. Right. Still, to persuade them to stay. Yeah, and even then it doesn't happen very much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Remember remember when when the Phillies had to trade Cliff Lee? Right, they had to trade because Cliff, Cliff Lee wanted to see free agency. He wanted to be a free agent. 
Yeah. And the Phillies had to trade him. I, I, I remember being upset because like we would have had Phil we would have had Cliff Lee and Roy Halliday at the same time. I was just about to say I felt like it was a misstep because of that. Because you were in a championship window. I I still am pissed at Ruben Amaro Jr. for trading him because you were in a championship window. I you don't think about get it. assets in a championship I, window. I get it. It was a but terrible he, he, move. What, it wasn't that he was thinking about assets. It's that he was thinking about not – he was like, I'm going to keep – I'm going to have the exact same, right? I'm going to swap Cliff Lee for Roy Halladay. And, and that's where have, his mistake was, I'm though. going to have Roy Halladay for for time. And, the, and that's the, the mistake, mistake because you could have had them both for one year. And and I'll never forgive Ruben. That's, that's to me – To me, the mistake – to me, that's not the mistake. To me, to me, the mistake is not coming up with a deal that pays Cliff an amount that he's happy to not. Because you ultimately did it anyway. You ultimately ultimately did it anyway. anyway. So what you do is you say, hey, here's our window. We want to look at two years. So we need to offer you a one-year deal. What number does it take for you to push free agency out a year? Yeah. But I'm telling you. It's just a number. Even that, you're right. They should have did that. That would have been the ultimate move to do that. But what I would say is, even if you didn't do that, you there's no reason on God's green earth that if you're trying to win a championship, you trade away that guy. I don't care if it is his last year. You're about to bring in Roy. You're about to have a one-two punch. That is as great as anything that the Braves one, two, have three. had ever. One, one, two, yeah, three. one, two, three, because you still have Cole. Like you're about to have one of the most legendary one, one, two, three punches. And you, and you could have had it for like – one year where they were both like smack dab in the middle of their primes, like at the yeah, we, like and we Clip did, had we made did have it, back it. We did have us. it for one year, one and year, it was but you had it for two. You had it. it for two, <laughs> and Cliff was Cliff had just got back to his prime, and Roy was there. You'd have had it for two, and it just to me, it's it was a heartbreak, man. I still remember oh, dude, I I remember where I was. Yeah. I, I remember exactly I, where I was standing. So I was driving. I was some. I was in Delaware, and the news came out with – I had just pulled up to my grandmother's house. I still remember. The news had came out about Roy, and I remember being like, first. holy shit, we got Roy. That's great. And I remember thinking of the line. I was like, yo, we got Roy. We got Cliff. We're going to have – going to have Hamels. Like, this is going to be sick. We're winning them. And then I remember somebody saying – I was listening to Sports that. Talk Reading. Was like, how, they were like, and Cliff Lee got traded. I was like – Oh, we had to trade Cliff for Roy. That's what ended up happening. Like, oh, all right, that makes sense. You know, I can see it. Okay. And then then I found out, like, oh, no, that was a separate deal. We just moved. And I was like, what the hell? Oh, it was weird. I I was like, what the hell happened? It was weird. I think that, because Cliff really wanted to test free agency. Like, and that's what he said. Uh, And he he said it plenty of times. And, uh, like, the thing that I would have been like, dude, what's. What number? What number makes you not test free agency? You know who says that? Who knows who said that the last three years, three uh, free agencies? LeBron James. Now one team has traded him, even knowing he was walking at the end of the year, because you don't let a potential chance at winning a championship walk out your door. Not that Cliff is the LeBron James of baseball, but that's the type of chance you would have had if Cliff was here. With Roy and Hamels in 2010. Yeah, that would have been a special year. It would have been a lot yeah. of fun.
Yes, it would have been. It would have been a lot of fun. I mean, 2010 was a lot of fun anyway. Right? With us, the <laughs> yeah. holiday no-no and the holiday perfect yeah. game. Like, yeah. oh, would have been would have been a lot of fun. No way we would you, end up in a in a five-game series with St. Louis or or a game five, game six, seven. No, it was game five because it was first round, right? Game five. No way we would have been. It wouldn't have made it a game five. It was, it, second, it, it was the game. second round. The first round was against uh, Cincinnati. And we, okay, so and that, yeah, it was game was Roy's, seven. That was Roy's no-no. So. Yeah, so game seven. They would have no, no way it would have been a game seven. Yeah, you know, one nothing. It wouldn't have made it there. Ugh. Wouldn't have made it there. <sighs> yeah. Well, again, we turned this into a sports podcast, so we apologize to our listeners. We, uh, we often, we often do though. <laughs> we'll move into the business at hand. Yeah, how, how how did you like with so this is our first uh first three chapters of This is Marketing by Seth Godin. What'd you think? This is your first real big time exposure to Seth Godin. Yes, it is. Podcast. So he started starting with his first of all, I like that the last two books were were narrative narrated by the um the two guys who wrote the book. That's pretty awesome. It's nice that you know ha- have it come from the people who wrote the book. You can kind of tell. Yeah, isn't it weird that that matters? Yes, you can kind of tell though, because I remember um, the one we read about the, the disparity, not disparities. Um, the Marsha. Uh, yeah, the Marsha. The, the bank. You, you could tell it just was like missing this like energy from like this different uh, the person who read it. Whereas I think if she wrote, if she read that book. It would have probably had a whole different type of energy to it. Like that that's my belief, is that like it would have had a I agree. To it. it was it was an actress that read it and I thought she did a fantastic job. Like it was really good, but it wasn't personal. Yes. Somehow. Like there was Nailed a weird it. you know, not that it wasn't it was super good. It was just not personal. So it is nice to hear like the author, they have like this. Like Donald Miller last book, he was like into it. You could tell he was into it. He believed everything that he was he was reading. He believed it. And he knew how it was supposed to sound. He knew how it was supposed to come on. Could you imagine? Because this book, just to let the audience in, it is it is written like no other book I've ever read. Yeah, he has a very unique style. Could you imagine someone else reading this with the style that he has? They it would be terrible, but because he's reading it, his style it matches. You know, it matches. It's the also inf- cool because we're coming off of the Donald Miller book, and and actually we're coming off of a bunch of books that have that have all been in sort of the same sort of business mm-hmm, book mm-hmm. style, right? Mm-hmm. And then now all of a sudden, Seth's book comes in this very like. I'm who I am. This is my style. Uh, and he's like it, super punchy. Like, yeah, you can you can you hear him saying it, and it you can see the paragraphs, and they're short, and they each one like open, Perry Perry punch <laughs> like each time, and you could like see the paragraphs when he talks. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first thing that I noticed is you 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 follow along better. Mm-hmm. You follow along better. There's clear messages in every chapter. You know, like this book is really written to, to like teach. It almost looks like a lesson plan and not like a book. And that that's what I that's what I like already I love that about it is that there's these real lessons that are inside of every chapter. 
Like it, it, so far, it just and we ain't even we're not even that. That's before even talking about the actual message in in the book. Right. I'm just talking literally just the structure. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it, what is it it's like? Built to read. Yeah, what is it like? Pretty much a page. Each page is like something that you can actually like implement, like a lesson. Each page is like a lesson. Yeah, and the lessons are super bite-sized. They're like, yes. Um, I, I would say that w- whereas what we've been reading has been a lot of like, all right, so here's the three steps that you need to take to do this. Here's the explanation of step one, right? Like that's sort of mm-hmm. been the style. Like this style is more like um, one of the things, one of the mini lessons, one of the paragraphs, whatever you want to call it. He was like, show up. Like that was, Mm -hmm. that was the point of the thing. He was like, so, so what? And then he was like, so what does that mean? Show up. He's like, it just means you need to show up genuine every day, same person, same goals, same thing to deliver for your customers each time. That is marketing. And you go like, huh? Hmm. And like, you sit with that and you're like, hmm. And then at the end of like sitting with that, you're like, yeah, I guess he's right. Cause like Mm -hmm. the brands that I have a super high level of affinity for, like the hoodie that I'm wearing is this American giant brand, right? I, they show up every time, every time, like every little thing is done, right? The whole purpose, everything they do is done, right? And their emails are always on the right tone. They're like, everything is exactly who I expect them to be each time. Yeah. They show up. Yeah. (laughs) And, and he's also like, you know, like, look, let, let's, the chapters. Chapter one was uh, not mass, not spam, not shameful. So, like, even when you look at the way he's telling a story, is he's basically, like, he's taking you back and taking you very slow. And you're not learning about marketing. You're really learning about people. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, he's, and he's, like... The first chapter is to like basically retrain your thought process and what you think marketing is. And he basically goes, social media, whatever. Don't rely on it. That shouldn't be where you start. Move away from that. That's a that's a focus later, later, later down the road. Pay-per-click ads, don't do that. <laughs> Same exactly. thing. Yep. You can do it. It's not a... He he doesn't. That's the other thing I liked. That he he doesn't judge. He's he's not like, hey, social media is terrible. That's not what he's saying nope. at all. He's, what saying he's saying pause. Is, Wait, that it, it, don't make it a pillar. Don't make mm-hmm. it who you are. It's yep. a thing that you can do here and there, no problem. Ads, that's a thing. People ad, people run ads. Ads are successful. There's a reason that that whole industry exists. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't make it a pillar. That's not who you are. That's mm-hmm. not marketing. Yes, it. and he's saying like, you know, Nike didn't come out the gate just like shooting, you know, commercials and running ads. Like you have to sell running sneakers to runners. Yes. And it started with at some point one really committed runner. Yep. And they and and then they found ten really committed runners. And they built their whole thing off of these small you know, uh, uh, a small startup kind of mindset where we're going to, oh, what is the word? He, he uses it in the chapters. He calls it, uh, when you're marketing, you're mar- you want to do 
and in, in his way for small marketing. I can't remember what he's the term he uses, but it sounds like it's going to be something that's going to keep coming up in the book. I'm, it, I'm sure I know it, but but I haven't. I, haven't, yeah. I don't have it off. The yeah, it's another one of his things. You know, he has a lot of like really good like one. He's got it. He, no, the the things that he's got, like one of them that he says all the time is he says, uh, uh, "Make the world better by making better things." And you're like, Ooh, yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got a bunch of those. Yeah, it, and I I'll, I'll remember it for the next one. I should have wrote it down. But he, but he talks about it's kind of like the the. Uh, you know what we read this the startup um, smallest viable audience that's what it is because you're talking about yes. a thousand true yes. fans right yes it's that one and then it's also the one where it, it it's in line with the uh book we read of the startup the um uh what's the title not the small startup but the uh, lean startup lean startup he talks about the lean startup as well in it and it but the whole idea is that whatever you do it should start with like the people that want what was it invent a thing you know worth making that has a story behind it right step two building in a way that people will benefit and appreciate it step three tell a story step four spread the word step five show up but he's talking about build this small thing that was from his uh his marketing you know his steps to uh uh five steps to marketing but He's talking about it begins with this this one thing, this small thing. What is it that you're building, like you said, that's going to make, make a difference? You know what I mean? Like, what is that thing? And then once you identify that thing, does it have a story? Is it worth making? And the only way you know is by finding the people that it's for. Yeah. And then focusing on those people. Build the product for those people. And then tell a story. Once you've realized that this product has a has a people, and I'm gonna tell my story about how am I helping these people, and then spread the word's gonna spread on itself, but spread the word from there, and then share. Yeah. Well, I I like how you know spread the word and spread the word isn't the final step. Show up is the final step, mm-hmm. right? Which is I guess like why it, it's you know hey if you want to do social media great that's the that's the spread the word phase like that's an awesome important phase you have to do that. But show up is the is the anchor that you know comes in at the end. Like that that's the that's the the what it finishes it off with is show up. And it's like I don't know. There's there's this appreciation for like build a great thing for this really small subset of people that need it, and then kind of work your way out. You know. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm a I'm a big fan. I like I like Seth, so I'm like primed to be a good fan. He has a podcast called Akimbo. Uh, the episodes are like twenty minutes long. They're like super consumable, and it's so good. Yeah, you can just listen to like the whole the whole thing. I I, I think I've listened to every episode almost. Yeah, so far this book though, he I mean, there's so much even in these parts. Like so, you know, chapter two keeps it sweet, and it's the the marketer learns to see, you know, and and you know, in chapter two, he's really just talking about like what is what really is marketing. Like we all think commercials, you know, like when you think marketing, you literally, it begins, you know, if you ask a hundred people randomly, what's marketing, everyone would go commercials. I think so. Yeah. Of course. 80, 90% of them, 95. Somebody might, somebody might say ads instead of commercials. Like somebody might be like, Oh yeah. Young people might be like on Facebook ads. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know if any one person 
would actually say what he's telling you it is. And it's all about the people. Yep. The ad, the process of making, of marketing is people. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the chapter where he talks about like, you know, cars sell in different colors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what's that about? He's like, you know, don't tell me that marketing is just one thing when cars sell in different colors. And then like, okay, well that's of course cars sell in different colors. People have favorite colors, but then why do certain cars sell in more quantity of certain colors, right? Like that's even weirder when you stop mm -hmm. and think about it. Cause there's no, there's absolutely no value price difference. There's no, there's no nothing different. So it means that your car says something about you that you're trying to then communicate to the world. So how do you fit yourself in that? And he talks about like the number of people that are driving $90,000 vehicles that are built for off-roading and yeah, all this other yeah, stuff, right? Yeah, like, yeah. and they're doing it and all they ever do is highways and they go from parking lot to parking lot. Like, yeah. Yeah. and you're driving $90,000 worth of vehicle for that. What are you, what was that? That wasn't the ad. Right. Like the ad wasn't drive to, you know, your house to work and back and then take your kid to soccer practice. Like that wasn't the ad. The ad was this will enable you to be an off-roader, even though you don't off-road. What? It's very, it, you know, like, like, what is that? It's, it's super interesting. Yeah, it is, man. But I, and then in chapter three was the marketing changes people through stories, connections and experiences. And one of the things in here that I thought was pretty cool, he, he they talks about the um, case study with the sunglasses. Yes. And how the difference between, you know, shopping, which shopping has this feeling of, of like loss almost. Like it's not a need. When you go shopping, it feels like something that you go, you're, you're buying something because you want it. Like that, that's like the feeling of shopping. I'm getting all these choices and I'm going out and I'm just, I'm, I'm shopping. I'm spending rest, reckless money. Whenever you say, you know, whenever you say, oh, you went shopping, like the, the tone that like, a, you know, someone has on that, in that relationship with the other spender of the relationship, right. like, oh, you went shopping again today, huh? Oh, you're setting yeah. fire to money, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> shopping again today, huh? Like no one calls grocery shopping, shopping. You know, you like you got groceries. You got groceries. Like it's just different feeling. You got groceries, and so he talks about this study where he, sunglasses. He had the guy had him in. You know, every customer come over, they would try each pair on. They would get into this mode of like they're shopping for sunglasses or for glasses, whatever it was. It was they had a need glasses, yeah. But they got the pick on, try every one, and like you know, go in like this shopping mode. He was like, so they tried the experiment where. Instead of having them shop, they would just give them a pair. And that person would try it on and they would just say, hey, if you like it, you can buy it. It's three bucks. If you don't like it, uh, you can just give them back to us. And it wasn't. And then it no longer became shopping. It became, do I need glasses? Do I need these? Do I need yep. glasses? And, and that to me is just like awesome. That's That was awesome. So that was awesome. And the thing that, specifically stuck out to me that was awesome was that he looked at that situation and understood that the person that was wrong was not the person that was 
experiencing shopping and then not buying the glasses. The person who was wrong was him. Yes. Right. And like, that was the real true insight is that like, well, for me at least was that like when you're doing something and it's not working, the person that's wrong is you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a thing that's hard to remember. And it applies like really across, across way larger parts of life than, than in this conversation. But in the context of like, Hey, if you're, if you're writing blog posts to your customers and they're not reading them, the person that's wrong is you. Not the customer for not reading them, this great content that you wrote. <laughs> You're wrong. Maybe you need to give it in a podcast. Maybe you need to give it in an email. Maybe who knows how you need to do that information giving, you know. But if your customer needs the information and you're trying to blog to them and they're not reading it, you're the problem. And you know. Yeah. Yeah, there was so so much good. Like, I mean, just and that and that's the beauty of the book, is that Every single like little note or nugget, whatever we want to call these things, chapters and or nuggets inside the chapters. Yeah, I don't know what you call them, but uh, every one of them had something that I was just like, oh wow, oh wow, oh wow. Like, but it all came back to to me when he talks about stories and connections and experiences. He actually says in it, you know. you're not forget how you word it, but it, but his whole point was like in marketing, people get it wrong. You're not, it's not about a commercial or a video or, or any of the things that come out of it. It's all about the people find, find the people that need that thing that you've invented and focus on what their needs are. And solve that, create that thing that they're going to appreciate, create that thing that's going to benefit them. And that's where marketing begins. And then show up. Yeah. And let everything come out from that, from that root, you know? And Mm -hmm. uh, remember when we were very beginning of this podcast, we were talking about, and I was like, watch out for drop shipping. Drop shipping is a scam. Yeah. That's why. That's why I was saying that. I didn't really know that that's why. But the reason why is I was like, drop a shipping is a scam. You're just trying to wamboozle somebody into buying something via an ad. Like you're yeah. never gonna you're never gonna win in that game. You might win for a minute, you know, but like you're playing against the house and you're gonna lose. And you don't get to control the product. You don't get the there's a lot of things that you don't get in. You're basically selling someone else's stuff. And who yeah. knows if that someone else has the same level of care that they're going to take in their product for their cust for the customer to come back and go, Oh man, this, what a great hoodie. It's just like, awesome. I love the quality of it. It's great. Like you don't even have control over that. Right. Like you either know the name of the brand of hoodie that you are wearing or you don't. And 99% of the people are wearing hoodies and they couldn't name the brand of the hoodie at all. Like, cause there's just no brand to it. They're just like, Oh, it's just a hoodie. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It's just a hoodie. And then you can get these other kinds of things. Maybe it's an American giant hoodie or there's, you know, there's some other brands that are also doing the same kind of thing. But those brands, they get money constantly because they keep showing up. Yeah, I, it's, it's been great so far. I'm, I'm thrilled that we're reading this book. Yeah, you and me both, man. And then it's only, again, it's only been three chapters and 
I, my takeaway, show up. That's my takeaway. Um, that's going to lead me into this week, and and that's that's my homework. That's what I'm gonna share at my meeting today, and that's actually the topic that me and the guys have decided have talked about this at the last meeting was how are we showing up, and that's what we're we're working on right now. Love it, love it. Yeah, yeah on our, on our side, like you know, I got this uh, got that little app like sort of up and set up. I'm changing a couple of things so that I can add in a um, like a little blog and then a couple more things to do, but it's it's going really well. I'm excited about this like I'm excited about this little app. I'm gonna be able to sell it. I'm pretty sure that it's gonna be like by the time I'm done with it, it's gonna be a thing that could be sold and I could make money. Um, wow, that'd be great. It's awesome. Yeah, and then we also got um, there's this little side project thing that we had talked about last. Yeah, week. you were telling me. Yeah. Yeah. So and then uh, so this week I'm gonna put that on this guy's store, um, and that'll be like money will come in. So it'll be it'll be nice to have like money actually come in. So that should be done like Friday. So that'll be nice. It'll be like it's fifteen hundred bucks. You know, like that's a wow, that's, that's a awesome. that's a real quantity of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome, so. man. Yeah, it's good. It's big. It's good. Um, yeah, so I, I guess we should we should dial in the show. Uh, where can people find us, Vernon? Uh, they can find us at uh, theprocessisblackandwhite.com. And then they can search us on their social media platforms at The Process it is Black and White, and we'll pop right up. All right. Talk to you next week. All right, man. Yeah. That's awesome, man. 